A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, YouTube, <laughs> or wherever. <laughs> it is yeah. there, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Dynamite, Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have wrestler interviews on occasion, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete, maybe not this week, with a <laughs> bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Out of ten, hype for tonight? Seven. But it's often it's often the seven. Yeah. Well, it's seven, but there's been a lot of like fives for a while. So I'm saying seven as a compliment. There's it's still a very AEW show. As in, there's like just a lot of wrestlers who I feel like I've seen plenty of. Yeah, they're not quite. Uh, it's not a card full of those matches that like sort of spark inspiration. Yeah. Um, but I've tried to get this across on every sort of bit of AEW audio I've done lately. I just have a really good feeling about the product. I said it's about the rankings at the time. I don't care if a worked ranking doesn't quite make sense to set up the worked match. Tell me that it does, and I'll buy it. It was all about what it like what it meant philosophically. It forced people to take a bit more care and it forced people to think more than two, three weeks in advance. And I'm feeling that like up and down this card, even if I'm not feeling quite as much individually for some of the matches. I think there's a lot to get excited about about AEW's future that might be hiding in some of these matches. Yes. Um, I don't know if I've been like brainwashed. Certainly they're trying with their restore the feeling sort of marketing tactic or if I've just been... Gently encouraged by a slow return to form. But we'll start um, with the biggest match on that collage of here's what's on the show tonight. Um, Adam Copeland versus Daniel Garcia. Now, it kind of makes no sense, but a bit of sense in the way that the ranking system will always settle like this. Where Copeland, I think, is ranked third. And he's all but set on collision. Like I can't go for the world title. That match is set. So I guess I've got a choice. Um, I could either go for Kingston's titles or Christian's. I'm leaning towards that. And then Garcia, right, comes in and says, mm, you know what, I've been racking up the wins lately. I feel like I deserve a shot. And Copeland was like, well, you're trying to take food off my table. I listened to the Dave Meltzer rant about this. I'm going to echo it completely because I hate anything to do with professional wrestling and stomachs. Yeah. I, I, people hate. I, I cannot cope with this anymore. Like I know. Food off my table, as Meltzer rightly points out. Yes, it's a turn of phrase, but you can apply it in the correct... Like, uh, Adam Copeland is probably a multimillionaire. Yeah. No one Seth did it when AEW launched. Well, if... Uh... Dean Ambrose wants to take food off my table. I guess we're going to go to work. He's getting you made more when you renegotiate <laughs> your deal because all you have to say is to Barry Bloom or yeah. whoever, I kind of want to go to AEW, maybe, get those feelings out, and then WWE with the top star like Rollins, one would presume, would say, right, okay, we know what you're doing. It's fine. Here's an extra 500 grand or whatever yeah. on top of your deal. Like, if anything, <laughs> Seth... Moxley getting paid by a new mainstream, well-funded entity is going to put more food on your table. But then that can't be right, Sidge, because wrestlers keep telling me in their promos how they're, hungry they are. They're very hungry. They're I was starving. just about to say, they're absolutely starving. Um, you know, it's weird. Like, I thought catering was a thing in pro wrestling. Yeah. Isn't that one Nothing of the only funny. perks of working We the discuss primarily, um, maybe even exclusively at this point, thank you, New Japan, for making coverage of your product <laughs> all but impossible in terms of us not getting demonetized for that. Thanks, guys. We exclusively, pretty much, cover North American or United States professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Now, that we've been to America individually and together. Yes. Okay. I don't think there's a food shortage (laughs) over there, for the multimillionaire at least. That's right. Or for like the younger up-and-comers like Daniel Garcia, who's probably getting paid... Decent wedge of money for the first time in their young lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you 
walk out of the door of your your accommodation and you are delighted. <laughs> Especially in like the kind of towns and cities that the traveling professional wrestler, you know, works in. Mm. You can eat anywhere. Yeah. You can eat loads of it. Yeah. You can pretty much, I've told the story a million times, when I go to America, I don't, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'll just say it to be universal, even though it's breakfast, dinner, and tea. I have lunch, and I'm full. I don't think I need to eat for the rest of the day. Like, how can you possibly go hungry? It's like, it's out. It's born out of greed rather than, or like the need in our case as dumb Brits, Mr. Bean looking asses, yeah. to just get more of their food while we're there. If you live there all the time, you would just be able to enjoy this at a normal quantity yes. and at a normal rate. And yeah, as you say, very affordably so as well. Like the wrestlers, isn't this to deal with like why wrestlers love Waffle House and IHOP and that? It's because you get loads and it's affordable. And if the, if you just if you're Brian Cage and you just want lean chicken or whatever it is, they'll just bring it out on a plate. To you. Yeah, a chicken and eggs over easy. What's, what's that one mean again? I don't know. Is that like? Do they want them like cooked to the point where there's a little bit of burning and blackening on them? Or like, well, they're like over the browning on an egg. Yeah, so it's almost omelette. Yeah. Sunny, it's sunny side up where you just don't flip it at all. Flipping it's a fried egg is like, uh, it's dangerous. Yeah, it might burst the thing. Like, it's sunny, it's sunny side up, egg, up right? as you fried it, and yeah. you maybe like spoon over some of the oil just to speed up the process. <laughs> Mine's getting blown here. Americans don't, like I was going to say, like for you to dip a chip in. Like Americans are not going to dip a fry in an, in an egg. In an are egg. Are they, are they Why gonna, not? I don't know, I just, I'm, I can picture them, because it's like, because... Eggs to them, I think, are so breakfasty that they could. They'll di- what they'll do is they'll pick up a strip of bacon. She's in America. Fingers. Wouldn't eat a fry for breakfast. Fairly <laughs> <laughs> certain they would. <laughs> they'll dip a strip of bacon in the yolk of an egg, of maybe, an egg, sunny side up, egg, an egg, egg, maybe even uh, sausage link into the uh, or that big pile. Like they call it hash browns, but it's just a big pile of potato in it. Yeah, like, yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah. Maybe some of that in the some, egg. Some tarts. Some tarts in the egg. But I can't see New York. I can't see egg and fries on the same plate in America. No. Whereas egg and chips is like a sort of very basic working class standard over yeah, here. Yeah, it's very and provincial town. I got it. Yeah, it's like, totally good. It never misses. Ever. Never, ever, ever misses. Away from stomachs. Yeah. Right, okay. I actually... From egg to age. From egg <laughs> to age. I'm excited about this match. And before we got sidetracked... When I was talking there about, you know, maybe I'm being brainwashed or maybe I'm gently encouraged. Adam Copeland versus Daniel Garcia, what, six weeks ago, is incredibly an AEW capital M match where there's a top star who's getting pushed, is in the title picture, will get promo segments, blah, 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 will get protected and win pretty much all the time. Like 95% win record or whatever. Goes up against a guy who's really talented, who exists to eat jobs and the match will be good and Three and a half, three and a quarter stars, and then that's a lot. Yeah, this is different because Garcia himself has been racking up some wins. He has; he's not in that bracket in the AEW roster where it's like, right, you get beat all the time, but you're good for a great or good match. Jay Lethal, sadly, Mark Briscoe. Like, yeah. There's loads of people in there. Garcia's not there. Am I? I think this is good for the drama, but I don't know if I'm working myself into it or whether the. The, the, the storytelling with Garcia's redemption arc has earned a bit of drama in this match. At some point, Copeland and Christian Cage are going to join forces and be a tag team. Mm. That's almost inevitable, barring injury. Yeah, like That's what everything is building to. They've even basically foreshadowed this in the first promo exchange. Could it be a lot quicker than anyone thought um, in that Garcia might pull the shock over Edge over Copeland, Copeland could, you know, quite tentatively, begrudgingly is the word, shake his hand, Garcia gets to revolution, but Copeland screws him over, and that's when the team starts. I know. Like, he's going to take a, like, he's not going to go to that place permanently, but he's maybe going to take a mini break to, that, mini, uh, to that place. What did uh, Gary Neville call it? Oh, um, Google this. Yeah, so as a footballer from England, very famous, he's a pundit now, uh, who has got the weirdest name imaginable for holidays or vacations. <laughs> mini retirement. Weekend mini retirement. Weekend mini retirement. What? <laughs> he's going to have a weekend mini retirement in that place, Adam Copeland. Yes, he is. Is that to uh, 
I'm interested in what this match looks like because I always find Edge. He had this match against Moriarty on Collision as part of the Cope Open. Remind me to talk about that imminently. And it was all right. It's fine. He's not very. He's not a proper great technical wrestler. Edge. He's very much in that sort of storytelling mode. Mm. Great account. Uh, can build like a classic traditional North American match without you. Uh, United States match without being really intricate and technical. So I don't know what this looks like, but I am invested in the result. Or should I not be? Is that a bit naive? No, I'm banging to this. I love this segment on Collision. Um, Garcia getting tough. Stomach stuff aside. Yeah, stomach stuff Stomach Steve. Not getting... Uh, Garcia not just getting pigeonholed into this role of guy who is currently winning, which is better now that rankings are back. That's probably not going to get lost. If you're on a winning streak, that's telling you something about the booking. But I love that he came back out to answer Copeland specifically because he sees um, Copeland not just as a, a challenge because of their experience levels, but in terms of AEW title contention, they're our rivals. Like he sees yeah. Copeland as a direct threat to him getting a belt and getting the payoff to this run of form he's had since the Continental Classic, basically. So I really, I really, really like this matchmaking. Also, Aside from the the story of... It feels Cop- like Copeland's actually beating someone as well yeah. at this point. He's potentially going to like wrestle a guy who, when he signs, you would actually think about him wrestling and what that might look like. And I think that's been one of the biggest uh, reasons why the feeling around Okada to AEW is currently quite flat is because signing after signing hasn't delivered that string of not even dream matches, just pretty cool ones. The whole point of a, ro- a roster with such size and diversity is to allow multiple cool matches all the time. And yet, as you've articulated better than I am here, countless times, it actually works in reverse, where there are so many wrestlers, nobody feels profiled. Yeah. And nobody feels... Copeland has remained profiled, and he's remained feeling big time, even if he's not yet competing for the main title. And because of that, a Garcia win here is a huge scalp. And what this match looks like from a technical level, they could lean into Edge's, Copeland's limitations. Garcia could out-wrestle him, and Copeland's so great at the structure and so great at understanding the whens and the whys that he then starts to sell. Oh, this uh, this young guy might have me, so I'm going to go into the box of tricks, and I'm going to not cheat, but to foreshadow the potential of maybe him getting involved in a Christian match down the road, like foreshadow that he knows a few fair few dirty tricks. You know, he was dirtiest player in the game, Ric Flair adjacent as a heel yeah. in WWE, and that was kind of him at his best as well. Yes, it was. He's better than better that than this Jack Reacher character he's yeah. got going on. Um, so him going uh, taking a few shortcuts without outright cheating, I think would be quite nice, because Garcia has tried to go the other way, hasn't he? He's tried to embrace the honesty of being just a great wrestler again. Yeah. I think that could lead some really, really lovely exchanges. And watching Copeland uh, shake Garcia's hand with very, very bruised pride... Is character stuff I think I want to see. Yeah. Another reason why I'm kind of manifesting this result on this podcast is in the event that it's, you know, narrow win over Garcia as these dynamite matches tend to play out probably too often, is that Christian and Copeland go to Revolution, um, which already feels like I can, my only qualm about it which I'm otherwise really excited about Revolution, is I feel like it's going to be one too many stipulation matches because after World's End, you can't do a singles straight singles match between these two, um, especially yeah. with the stakes of the program and all the rest of it. They'll meet Revolution, they'll probably have this really, really well-crafted match, after which Copeland, if he wins, and he probably will, that's how these stories go, he's the babyface, gets that TNT title. He's already done the theoretically fun and... Oh, that's a bit different bit with the Cope Open, which is kind of flawed as a device. I do like the idea of, it's not really subtext, wrestling doesn't do that, but the idea being, right, well, I'll be basically the TNT champion-elect. Without the title, I'll do what the, a real champion, not you, Christian Cage, should do, and defend it in open challenges, step up, get stepped on, that sort of thing. Yeah. The problem, and I do like that as a story beat, I genuinely think it's a good idea, but the problem is that the matches haven't been fantastic. It's not like Danielson doing these gauntlets and stuff, no. you know what I mean? It's like they've been nice, they've been solid. I get bored of solid so easily. And if he wins the title, it's just more cope open stuff, and I just don't think it's hit at any kind of must-see level. I don't think that's misplaced cynicism either as well, because how many times... You've seen it. <laughs> how many times have champions kind of like hit their ceiling of being over when literally as they're winning the belt yeah. and then the follow-up, that's like happened in multiple champions in multiple divisions at this point in AEW because the chase is 
it's not just easier to book, but I think it's more enjoyable to book. Yeah. I think sometimes you don't want to think about how a champion does it and maybe could <coughs> maybe Cody set the bar a little bit too high as the open challenge guy early on as well. You've Danielson seen... being a full timer, and again it feeds yeah. into the problem. You cannot have the best roster roster in the world. It should be by design, not the best thing of all time. Because sorry, I know I've stepped on your dick here. Um, but you cannot push someone like Copeland in this weekly good match bit mm. when Danielson exists. Yeah. Because what's the USP then? Oh, slightly worse match than how to get out of Danielson in this role. And you always, whenever a title run starts to stutter or a character becomes a bit familiar, I'm always thinking, well, Darby could do it, Takeshita could do it, Danielson could come down to that mm. division and do it. Or, you know, there's like a million options. Too many. I, I On this, by the way, I think this will be terrific tonight. And I, just I hope, think this I just, will be really I just well hope done. it's hot. Hope the fans are there for it. Well, it's funny you should say that because we are in Texas, <laughs> which is uh, basically AEW's hotbed that yeah. isn't Chicago mm-hmm. in that we well, I certainly fondly remember those early dynamites where they seem to be doing Texas all the time. I don't know if that was some kind of strategy where it was like Texas used to be huge and we know from the Iron Claw, mm-hmm. but and it was like quite an underserved market and it worked out well for them. Maybe they've revisited it one too many times. But Texas crowds always shorthand in my mind as well. These are hot as balls. Mm. So I think the gate was at twenty eight hundred for this which, week. Yeah, okay. Which kind of it's weird. That is that should be piss poor. But we've seen what nineteen hundred looks like now. Yeah, we've seen what two thousand looks like now. Something close to three thousand has this weird effect on me where it's like ah. Oh, Big time again. There was a nervousness around like a three-digit dynamite as well, wasn't there? That was starting. That was, that was starting right. to become real. So, like, uh, absolutely. Get, so, getting away from that is for the best. Of should it. be a hot night. Um, Texas brings the heat generally, and on the subject of Texas, it's very cute. This, and I think it's weird and uh, worse than unnecessary. So, there's a Texas death match between <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Matt Taven. Now, I get it. You're in Texas, and you've already done. Two Texas Tornado matches in Daly's Place and where was last week? Phoenix. Yeah. Because Sting can't do a trial yeah. singles match. So I was seeing they've been at Texas once and they've done three Texas themes matches in <laughs> 2024, which is odd enough in itself. I'm upset by this because Tony Khan made his worst received year yet in 2023. He did some excellent stuff. It's AEW. We hold it to a higher standard, etc., etc. What he did do, and this was magic, by booking, I think, two. There was one on TV I've forgotten, and maybe that betrays my point. Two iconic pay-per-view Texas death matches. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I'm 38 years old. I'm 39 this year. I have lived through the total oversaturation of gimmick matches and attractions. I've witnessed the rise and fall and maybe death of Hell in a Cell, Multi-man ladder, ladder, mm. like elimination chamber. They're always fun. You don't go into these matches genuinely worried that you're going to see something beyond the pale, yeah. transgressive, genuinely quite terrifying. Tony Khan, if he restored any feeling in 2023, you restored that feeling via the Texas death match. And I wrote an article. You can still watch, uh, read it on What Culture. God damn it. I spent all week on it, and it's 10,000 words long, so please do. <laughs> it is entitled, Every Wrestling Gimmick Match Ranked From Worst to Best. If you Google those terms on What Culture, you should find it. And I ranked Texas death purely through hit rate. And, you know, they used to have this classic um, aura in the territory yeah. days as well. Um very, very highly, and I wrote, please don't oversaturate it. Please don't wrestling this. Mm. Please don't do what every wrestling promoter does and do it to the point of diminished returns and just promote them because you know it's a cheat code to critical acclaim or maybe even a number. And they're doing it here. I, I know they're in Texas, but what? Just And maybe it'll become apparent as the match unfolds why they are wanting to do a plunder match. I think the idea is that, shockingly for a dynamite match, the unfancy challenger is probably going to give uh, the, 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 the the biggest star in the match quite a stern test. Yeah. And you add plunder to that mix, and they're going to further the idea that Orange Cassidy, and they did this 
last year, I feel like I'm pretty bored of Orange Cassidy right now. Through no fault of his own, I think he's just been overexposed by the book. Well, we're literally watching a sequel to a title reign. Yeah, an inferior sequel. He's he's stuck in this. He's stuck in it. Um, So obviously the idea is to weaken Cassidy, and can he make it past Roddy Strong? Probably not. It is time for the change. And maybe they're going to, you know, protect him further by having him take a battering in this Texas death match. I just think all those terms I've described, and what's annoying is that I'd really be into this match because I yeah. think Matt Taven's incredibly talented um, and we know how good ta- uh, Cassidy is. We've talked about it at length um, with gushing praise. But what's annoying about this is that they've already undermined their first big gambit of an attraction, which was Lights Out Unsanctioned. Mm. That match, like, people had a genuine ban the sick filth moment yeah. over Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Pearl clutching, ban the yeah. sick filth. Um, did they take it too far? It was really controversial. They had an aura. They had that transgressive aura about Lights Out. And then what did they do? They wrestlinged it. Mm. They did it over and over and over again. Cassidy versus Adam Cole was a glorified no DQ street fight. It didn't have that danger level. Baker and Thunder Rosa was as good as it got after that. Yeah, Baker and Thunder Rosa was as good as it got. So it did have this reputation for a while. And then Cassidy and Cole kind of screwed it up. Um, And then I think they did some on Rampage at the Grand Slams. And they just were just... They weren't lights out. They were just... They went on last and there were plunder brawls. It's just not the bloody same. So I do worry about the aura of Texas death in the wake of this. And it was such, just so rare that wrestling is able to preserve something and the mystique of something, which is annoying because in and of itself, this is just an ODQ. Taven and Cassidy with shortcuts would probably mm. be excellent and it probably still will be. Well, that's it, isn't it? Like, unless this is some sort of gag and the idea of Orange Cassidy in a Texas death, like, unless they find a joke in there somewhere because of the type of character Orange Cassidy is. Where they do, like, where he, he takes... He gets, like, thrown through the ropes early. Yeah. And then he plays dead. Then he gets up at nine because yeah. he's lazy. That's it. Like, All right, okay. Sub- uh, sorry. Oh, my God. He's probably going to be goaded. Subverting the formula. Like, rather than at no DQ, you've got that stipulation that can use to your advantage. Is it even as... Like, is it not just as simple as they're going to do, like... It, they've created a stipulation in which the best friends and the Undisputed Kingdom can have a brawl and they book, like, a bunkhouse tag for Rampage. Featuring some of the key players. Ooh, bunkhouse. Yeah, I, I'm. This is what, it's been a while. Using territory words to make stick matches sound bigger and more impressive than they are, but ultimately, All right, Tony. it's it's a hardcore match. <laughs> it? It's no DQ. It's whatever. But it's a hardcore match in funny clothes. Yeah, basically, we're bring your denim, <laughs> wrestling in denim. That's how serious it is. I like. I do like a bunkhouse. To be fair, I like the look of blood on <laughs> denim. That's why I kept a badass going about four years longer than anybody wanted. Um, Like, maybe it's for that. Maybe it's for the gags. It's just weird. They're in Texas. It's like, uh, after you mentioned it to me this morning, I had no idea. I saw the match graphic, and it's not even... It's just a dynamite graphic, and then it just says Dexter's Death in text at the top. Dexter's Death? Dexter's Death. Uh, It's a spoonerism. Uh, I don't even know why it's like... It's in Texas. Yeah, I know why. I don't know why they haven't gotten the trouble of making it a more flashy graphic. Like a wanted Western poster yeah, or something uh-huh. like that. All that sort of stuff. It's, it doesn't feel... Like the font's really small. I was like, I had to squint. <laughs> I had to squint before I said, huh? I just, it's really weird. And even if it is a weapons match, it's just Orange Cassidy and Matt Taven in a weapons match. They're not... It's, it's a subplot for a mid-card match yeah. in the pay-per-view. It's a TV subplot. With a, with a theoretically predictable ending. I say theoretically because AEW very occasionally, uh, Brody Lee and uh, Cody Rhodes, Big Bill and Ricky Starks and FTR, every now and then they pull a result out that you just weren't seeing coming and then you they raise. Proven wrong the next day. and it's Matez. So who knows? We could be talking about Matt Taven, international champion. No. But it's not happening, is it? It's Roddy no. Strong and Orange Cassidy. That's the, the, that's. I, I was... I'm otherwise... Other than the threat of too many steps, and, you know, that's materialized weeks early. I'm really broadly positive about the direction of AEW. Um, this Revolution card is the best-built one in quite some time, yeah. maybe over a year. A concern is that... Not a concern, it's something I'm just a bit ugh, about, is that they've built the world title match really well, Sting, Darby, and the Young Bucks really well, Eddie Kingston and Danielson. That's been a really nice collision yeah sort of build. Uh, not that bombastic, but some really nice detail work. 
I was really excited about Strong versus Cassidy because they announced it weeks and mm. weeks in advance. And I thought, all right, they are telling me, I'll strap in. We're about to tell you a story. And the story is Orange Cassidy wrestles a lot of pointless matches with a pain, like even more than the AEW TV standard, which itself is too predictable. Mm. This is like painfully, pointlessly predictable. Sorry for that alliteration. It is the work of twats. They talk about the rankings a lot, and Roderick Strong doesn't need to move up them. Orange Cassidy's wrestling as if he's trying to get the title shot. It's weird. That's it's just, it's, just, it's, it's, not, it's backwards. Mm. You want, like, every single Orange Cassidy match now, as I said, it's even more pronounced than that usual AEW issue is, well, he's going to win because we know what we're getting in the pay-per-view. That yeah. Pay-per-view graph. Graphics get created in AEW, and Tony Khan's got this huge, huge, and again, it's part of that don't do what Johnny WWE does marketing tactic with which... AEW sprang to life of don't I do not like false advertising. He just will not do it. Mm. Um, so obviously, barring injury, we're getting strong versus OC. So everything just feels like a formality. There's no twists and turns. No, it's like an anti-twist and turn well, story. Other than Trent probably turning yeah. on Orange, maybe in the match itself. Um, it's match. I, I think Matt Taven's absolutely like great. Dex's Teth would be an awesome cowboy in NXT. Yes, uh, Dex is back on the old dusty trail. <laughs> Spurs on his boots. Yeah. Last, like, last week. Well, You're I thinking, know. what are you guys talking about there? We are reviewing NXT right. later on today. Um, kind of ask guys to give a damn. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> no, one, no one else uh, really cares. So, the next match we are going to preview, Michael Hamflet, yeah. features the two best television wrestlers, dot, 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 of 2022. Mm. It's John Moxley versus <laughs> Dax Harwood. I remember, and I think Matt Raines tweeted this as well, but I had the similar sentiment. Great minds think alike. That'll keep him going for about three months. I can only see one here. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Matt Reigns. You are the number one Cedric Mega fan. I can't swear because I have to cut it. And I don't know how to do it without Wilborn here, so I'm not going to swear. Right? I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's very nice. It's, he's very nice. This Matt figure, I'm not aware of. Okay. It's John Moxie versus Dex the Axe Harwood. And yeah, Box the box. They <laughs> give you that in 2022. December is a cute little, we know how much you've been sort of internally debating who the better TV wrestler of the air is. Here's a little treat. Mm. It's now well over a year later. And in the meantime, John Moxley has wrestled a lot. He has undergone that process of normalization. And Dax Harwood has wrestled almost as often, but in longer matches. So it really feels like look, the floor for this is very good. Yeah. The ceiling's great. We've got to be the only arseholes, Hamflet, <laughs> who enjoy AEW when it's warranted in good faith who are complaining about this match. Tell me, I'm, tell me I'm wrong. I, well, maybe we are. The, maybe you're not wrong about that, perhaps. Maybe we are the only ones complaining, but I think the complaints are valid, genuinely. It's been like, a lot of both of them. This is, I don't know about the storyline as well. I'll get your thoughts and then I'll talk. I, well, I really like that uh, challenge laid out by FTR on Collision. I, again, it's the idea of wrestlers just remembering where they work and what they're supposed to do for a living and it just FTR not being able to sanction that John Moxley could stand there and say, well, we're the best at this in the world. Like any teams want us that we're proving ourselves all the time against CMLL and that goes for everybody else. And FTR just stop what it's, you could believe that like, we're just back. I'm just drinking some tequila out of a V's and then I hear John Marks and they're like, hit our music, like rushing yeah. out. It could be like towels or something like from that Uso skip. They're like, get the hell out of here. And like, how many times Dax Hold requests his music is hit? Yeah. Like, like, on, any, on any given Saturday. He's heard something that's like aggrieved him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm the best in the world. <laughs> no! <laughs> I am. Sorry, partner. I think, I think I'll find that's me, friend <laughs> uh, <laughs> Partner. <laughs> so I like the, I believed the pull apart. Um, it made us think they were going to do that match at. I keep trying to fit John Moxley into Revolution. And this feels like it might be it. Tag match. Tag. Tag. Because um, they both want... It's quite nice as well, because with the Young Bucks set to win the belt, it yet again brings back around to well, when... It's always in AW, and it probably should always be in AW. When do you get to SCI Young Bucks again? Yeah. Um, it's a bit poochy, because some people don't want it after last year. But I think you should always be kind of having that, oh, nearly but not quite. I'm on the opposite. I think there's been... I don't know what game's being played. Just as a little detour into FTR versus Young Bucks discourse. That match, and they've only done it three times. I love the first two in the last 10 minutes of the third one. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. They, I think they've, I don't know whether it's some incredibly elaborate worked shoot adjacent game where they've been tactically avoiding each other or whether they've been framed to be tactically avoiding each other because there's always been these instances where it's just, it fuels conspiracy theories, rightly or wrongly. Where I remember when it was like FTR and the Bucks looked like they were going to do it in 2022. Then there was like, ran off to the trios division to avoid doing a job. Yeah. Even though, you know, they're, they're 2-1 down, dickhead. <laughs> um, or there was that time last year when the Bucks teased turning, mm-hmm. refused to shake their hands, teamed up with FTR, and then it just completely disappeared. Yeah. It's either this really elaborate game, a series of weird coincidences that a narrative has been projected on, where it's like they don't wrestle each other, there's a political infighting and all the rest of it. If it is a series of coincidences, the timing's never been perfect every single time. If this is some elaborate game where it's like, oh, we'll keep feeding the sheets that were really, there's some tension there, but we'll, you know, we're doing business, we've got this five-year plan to do the matches. What an absolute catastrophe. Because <laughs> my, in, like, I think a lot of people's interest in the idea of the FTR versus the books in a program, I think people just got bored of it all. A, a little bit. I'm not saying I'm mega high on it. I just like the idea that because they're both in the company, it's almost like you should... It should always be there. But it isn't. It's weird. It should be the legacy thing of, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. No, they're, yeah. Ma- they're making us wait. And I think that's the plan. Mm. And I think that they, they do certain things, Dax Howard Online, by not putting the Young Bucks in his top 10 tag teams. Yeah. It's like it's, it's just, always there, isn't it? It's like the, I think they're always trying to do it. I think it's the worst approach ever. Mm. It could just be done with the great matches. The matches rule people want to see. Like, say, a good fictional trial. The best story. of seven over several years, that yeah. sort of thing, yeah. It works um, out at 50 50, but the best kind of 50 50 booking. Yeah. Um, yeah so John I Moxley versus Ed Dark Sword will be good. Aye, Moxley wins. Um, I feel like I should put lol at the end of that at this point. But um, you hate him, don't you? Nah, I, don't, I can't hate You him. can't hate the lovely John Moxley. I can't hate John Moxley, but I wish, for entirely different reasons to so many wrestlers, I wish he would go away. There's a lot of wrestlers I want to disappear off television to let's see. Sure. Yep, so that's some different wrestlers in, and Moxley's reasons are unique to him and him alone. It is he is unfairly maligned. I want to love him more. I yeah. like. I always like him. I want to love him more. It's exactly that. Um, I don't like the BCC as an act. Still, I don't like that. I still can't. This is very BCC pill days. Yeah, we're the best. No, uh, no. I think you'll I think find. you will find. Well, uh, the <laughs> we well, actually. actually um, we kind of don't like socials, except I post on it all the time. Uh, I'm the best. I'm the toughest. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you uh, read a book? I don't like social media. I read a few books. They're called Wrestling History Books. <laughs> the heels ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah. Wrestling at the Chase. Ever been there? I've been. And I'll tell you my story about Wrestling at the Chase. What's that? Got it. It's like really expensive because I yeah. don't think it's in like print that often. It's not widely circulated. So it's an absolute telephone book, my copy. I think it's for, like, old people. Yeah. Like, old people with, like, deteriorating size. The font size is very big. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'm going to treat myself on the plane to WrestleMania 35 mm-hmm. with wrestling at the chase. Yeah. And then I realized, I was just, like, 
my elbows when I opened the book were like right next to someone. And I was like, this book is too big. I think I like reading on planes. So I put it in the, you know that little uh, kangaroo pouch thing? Don't tell me you I left, left it. it there. Oh, my God. Somebody has found wrestling at the chase on a plane. Yes. If you, by some miracle, are listening to this podcast and have done a transatlantic flight where wrestling at the chase was sat in the seat in front of you, let us know because it's Sidgwick's copy. It's my copy. And it would be. He doesn't want it back because it would cost you a fortune to send. I remember yes. those big versions of it. But, yeah. Uh, I Mox wins, sets up the tag. It should be really good. Yeah. This should could be, be really great. Good. Dax is going to do that stuff where he kind of almost arrogantly... Out wrestles Moxley because he's I've watched a few Hitman matches in my time. Let me tell you, Mox. Uh, but Mox, what like Dax has failed to realise is that Mox is the type of wrestler that always knows the way to win. He's got just as much uh, in terms of his repertoire. Good counter stuff, surprisingly good hold counter hold stuff. When you are expecting like two dudes just having a fight, like this is not going to be that fight. <laughs> having a fight, but it's not going to be that. They're going to actually try and out wrestle one another. Moxley gets the win. It's weird. This has just sprung to mind because I'm not really doing cartwheels at the thought of this or fantasy booking spots. I've got an idea. Mm. You know, Dax is going to punch you. No, I'm going to dock DDT spot. Yeah. You could do the feint for the punch and Moxie just doesn't flinch. Flips the bird right in his face. I like that. Ah, and then drills him with the paradigm, DDT shift. paradigm shift. Yeah, for a two. So much cool. It's called the Death Rider. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that? I'll tell you what was good though. FTR versus... Death Rider. Yeah. It's the coolest, most badass stuff ever. And when uh, Mox was Punk's only mate, FTR versus Punk and Mox. It was just dream stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is it. It was impromptu, though, so it ruined it for me. Wrestling Nirvana. It was impromptu. Oh, was it Punk War the... Um, Punk War the Trunks in that rumble where he was just, like, calling out for anyone if to be If they just said we had a standby match, it would be ideal remember standby matches. I love the idea of standby it's matches. It's narrative reason. That MJF wanted to spring one on him, wasn't it? Like, you're going to have to wrestle tonight. Something like that. You've yeah, got yeah. any friends back there. Yeah. yeah. God, that'd be so bloody good. Next match. Really good. Third of fifth. Now we've got some talking segments to preview as well. Uh, fourth of the fifth. What? Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Yeah. And that was me pressing it, guys. I love the Young Bucks, in fact. It's the road to WrestleMania. Wrestling looks like it does. And I'm really high on the Young Bucks. How did that happen in the culture war, Sidge? I don't know. I'll tell you how. Rampage. Jesus Christ. I'm so glad you put me onto that. We do not review Rampage on this show, but we are going to do a review of 25% of it. (laughs) The Young Bucks segment was absolutely incredible. And we'll talk about that before we talk about the match because it won kind of folds into the other. So the Young Bucks didn't do a single high spot. I didn't need to. They were in a squash against two guys whose names I can't remember, but that's the point. Yeah. They are trying to just backdoor their way in the ranking system. I love that even more than just taking the shot, by the way, because you get to be high and mighty about it. If you say, well, we're just taking it because we're the bosses and we can't, then they've left a window open for somebody to argue that point. Yeah. They're intentionally trying to close the door on the argument, and we've won six matches in a row, so... Yeah. so what are you going to do? Yeah. So they come out wearing the suits the soaked in the blood of Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. And they handily beat these two wrestlers. And someone pointed out to me, and I noticed this myself as well, they did the exact same rebound off the ropes as Jack Perry before he hits a clothesline. Nice. That one with the arms up. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was excellent. They, dare I say, worked a methodical pace against these jobbers. Just kicked their asses, basically. And cheated. And cheated, (laughs) when they didn't need to, just for a laugh. They then grabbed the microphone. They completely patronized these two young men who they are defeating. Basically saying, we're going to do more hard-fought wins like this to earn the shot. That's Nick Jackson's got a bit of bass in his voice, got a bit of confidence. Got a bit of focus, a bit of determination in there. Just the idea, before we get to how good the delivery of the promo was, the idea of the Young Bucks doing a post-match promo, they never do this. Yeah. They have been, they often work with a lot of, their, a lot of their storytelling is built within the match. And it's why they get accused by morons of not being able to do it. Screw them. Them doing trad wrestling, squash match, post-match promo, I was just delighted by that in and of itself. Nick Jackson, they're playing good cop, bad cop. Matt Jackson says, you'll have to forgive my brother, he's a bit of a hothead. 
then some booze happen, and Matt Jackson goes, listen, listen, listen! <laughs> that should be his new excuse me. Yeah. The, the line reading was so good, and he got a chorus of boos echoing back to him because he was so obnoxious. Yeah. If that's not, I've got an idea for a bit. That was just an improv, make it the bit. Mm-hmm. People hated that. It's incredibly obnoxious, and it's a different kind of obnoxious than to which you're accustomed. Th- that segment was so good. Yeah, without flaw. I just loved it. I was, um, like, cautiously optimistic, I would say, about the scale of the Young Bucks rebrand when they made that appearance where they stood on the stage. But I think it was always going to take the match to show me for definite, and I'm so pleased they're doing it this way. If they'd have rolled this out in the Sting match, it would have overtaken the sentiment around Sting retiring. Yeah. You just That's all that match needs, ultimately. You need to be quite... You need to be already know that these are the young books you're getting. So I love that they did it on Rampage. Almost tucked away. You're going to get another version of it tonight. It'll be a harder match, but it they'll still win, and they'll win handily, you would assume. Uh, the Succession Roman Reigns music yep. with the private jet video package in the background, that's the like aesthetic presentation change they're desperately needed. They're doing... They can't not. I just think it's in the elite's DNA to do to tell the stories across multiple platforms. Have you seen the Brandon Cutler tweeting like uh, Scoopster? And he's like, you know, um, we won't say the name, but you know the name. Yeah, you know which spe- specific Scoopster. Yeah, he is, and for the reasons why. And this week's was uh, the backstage attitudes of uh, Adam Copeland and Eddie Kingston were brought to question. Why? Because they're the two that said that yeah. what the Young Bucks did was unforgivable and if they were there, they would have attacked them. So it's like, you're already telling your next stories and you're doing it across multiple platforms for people to get excited when, oh, that reference is that and that, that's how being the elite was so successful. I just think there's so much to get excited about about the Young Bucks and I couldn't be happier to be saying it because they were the weirdest act feel finish, maybe ever. Yeah, maybe ever. In, certainly in AW's history. I just couldn't believe how far they'd fallen. It was all mental as well. Yeah. They looked checked out. Yes. Very reports suggested they were checked out. Every time you thought they were gonna come back, they went away again after the was it after was it full gear? Yeah. They just kinda of went away and thought just need some time off or whatever. You thought, are they ever gonna get this bit between their teeth to use a football pundit cliche? Mm-hmm. Or of their minds just being completely corrupted <laughs> by the events of rollout. But no, they're looking back. It feels like they're back. It feels like they want this. It feels like they've got ideas, new, fresh ideas that they want to be able to do. So I was a bit worried when they kind of got corralled back because Sting asked them. Mm. So it has to be you. You're the best at this. Um, I've got the biggest shot of doing something amazing with you creating the movement and doing the match layout and all the rest of it. But I did think, oh, God. Do they, are the hearts really in it, or does it feel like a favor? It feels like their hearts are in it. Yeah. This match against Top Flight, I'm very interested in how it unfolds. They're obviously not going to completely abandon what brought them to the dance. Dance. They're not going to do that, right? <laughs> this ain't no dance. This certainly ain't ballet. Yeah, absolutely. Even though ballet is like apparently really physically taxing. I've seen Black Swan. Oh, that's just a film. Yeah, that's no. not even shoot ballet. And I'm like, oh, that's why it's just a piece of the wrestler because it's just as hard. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. And then wrestlers have the cheek. Yes. And the bloody temerity. <laughs> I think they'll do the high spots, but I think they'll have to get worked into doing them. Like they'll try and just do it in a really In this. In this match. In this match and going forward. I think they'll do a more methodical pace and they'll try and do more traditional tag wrestling. There might even be dicks about, see, we're using a rope, guys, and all the rest of it. So they're not going to completely abandon what brought them to the dance, but maybe a different tenor to their wrestling, like really heel, heat-focused. What was, um, was it his knee, Darius Martins? I mean, they've all had. Yeah. You know, they're both lucky to still have legs. Dante Martin, for, yeah. That, well, that's what you do, isn't it? You work. Go for the exact yeah. injured parts. No, Dan, it was Dante's ankle. It was ankle, that was it, yeah. Dante's Dan, ankle. ankle. Darius, well, and Darius has had multiple injuries. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah just target all the injured body parts. I'll let the commentators know, like, obviously, all the recoveries they've gone through, they're very much the next Young Bucks, in a way. Yeah, before uh, it all happened. We're going to yeah. literally clip your wings and stop you from flying around the way that we did. They've had really good matches. I don't think they've ever had a great match. I think they've had really, really good matches. They had one on Dynamite where, and again, they tell their stories through actual professional wrestling, mm. where they did a double kip-up spot. This was so magic. Nick Jackson deliberately kipped up after one of Top Flight and I vividly remember 
the top flight. I can't remember who it was. I only remember Nick Jackson because he's got that. He had this unbelievable facial expression where he tapped the watch mm. just to say, we are quicker than you. Yeah. And Nick Jackson just had one of his wonderful trademark I, conniption fits. I remember that match that you're talking about because I remember, like, I think our take at the time was, like, Top Flight had just created this moment where it was like, out of the way, you, it's everybody else. I was like, oh, great, they've just discovered and made the uh, next yeah. big tag team in one match. Yeah. Fantastic. And I just remember it vividly because I had the take of, people would confuse that for not being storytelling because in other promotions, they would tell you over and over again, I'm quicker than you are. I'm younger and fitter and faster and stronger than you I was are. talking to Top Flight in the back earlier on, and they say they're younger yeah, yeah, yeah. and quicker than the Young Bucks. Indeed, indeed. So no, really looking forward to this match. I think the Young Bucks just feels like, strap in, they're not going to put a foot wrong between now and Revolution, maybe not afterwards. They wrestle this. It's obviously more physically taxing than the match down on Rampage. They win, etc. Do they work again on Rampage in the gear that they were, like, they just come out still, like, sweaty or whatever, and they just... Again, cheat and beat a couple of jobbers. It's all rankings related. Keep do, like keep doing that sort of bit. Not only do I like that specific idea, I like the fact that I'm coming up with ideas and listening yeah. to ideas about the young books and not just oh they're doing their usual stuff again half heartedly. Um, just checking my notes. <laughs> just checking my notes. And yeah, it's just the one women's match ah. on the show tonight. Um, just for fun, we don't need Adam. Blair or Jose Palomares to... What is it they fill us in with, Sitch? Data. That's it. We don't necessarily need that. No. Certainly not in the canonical um, score um, to track the um, data for the game we play. Mm. Okay. Uh, we should probably talk about the aim of the game before we get to the name of the game. I think you should. And the aim of the game is to underscore, italicize, put in bold, uh, the idea that this is a total afterthought. So we identify to the hour, minute, and second when you hear the first note of the first entrance music theme for the first woman to come out for the only women's match on Dynamite, just to really put into focus that it's a bit of an afterthought, it's the same every single goddamn week, and there's a jingle that I have okay, that reminds you, because it's usually in that 120 to 25 slot, and the jingle, and it's more to assuage uh, the concerns of the audience who are going to be saying things like, oh, God, the broads are here. Yeah. And they, you know, AEW, me. Too similar a wavelength to those kinds of fans. They have a jingle. Well, we have a jingle to describe their <laughs> thought process, and it is when the women come out to play, the main event ain't too far away. A That's jingle. the aim of the game. A jingle? Yeah. Is it? That's the aim of the game. The name of the game is, well, this is ladies' name. I'm thinking, oh, what a name. That's a jingle. That's a jingle. I think this match will be good. It's a bit weird, though. I should never be like, it's Willow Nightingale. Mm. I love her. Sky Blue has come on leaps and bounds. Uh, this is a foo-ed, a bit. It's a bit, uh, well, it, that's a thing. It is and it isn't, because it is a bit of a foo-ed. I don't think this has been touched in, like, what feels like. No, they just picked up on Collision, like, oh, we still want to get Julie Hart and Sky Blue for what happened. And yeah, where's Julie Hart? Yeah. Well, she, and I know she's spiking people in the Kicking ass with a big nail. Yeah, like, which ruled. Um, whereas, 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 whereas Julia Hart call on TBS champ. Yeah, Stokely. Feels very underserved, like they've given up on it. Stokely and Stats coming together, clearly like charmed people in the creative team, so they focused on that a little bit. Stat and Nightingale are a tag team. Not so, long for this world. No, but the tag match is presumably coming, and that's where Julia Hart steps back in. Um... Well, it wins this to get there, though, right? One would think so. Yeah. One would think so. I, it's, I don't know. Like, I'll say this, right? This is a very collision-y just, thing at present, this whole story. If this match gets no heat, AEW will have no one but themselves to blame. No, but I think it's... I'm trying to remain positive in some respects because we've talked at length about how the roster is coming together, so that suggests that if you just book alongside that, you're going to have a thriving women's division. This has been... Very, very basic stuff on Collision, not much to grab onto, and yet the match has been moved to Dynamite because they know that's where the show, that's where things are taken the most seriously, still. No, 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 it's been moved to Dynamite because there is no Collision this week. Ah, there goes my one salient point about the importance of this match on Dynamite. Killed, dead, R.I.P. And that's why Dex Harwood's working Wednesdays? Of course, of course. How silly of me. You're a silly boy. 
So, well, uh, well, what's your... I went meant in second. Oh, <laughs> I've yeah. got this completely wrong, by the way. The uh, wrong way around. We'll go... Uh, anyway, it's, this is as dynamite as it gets, then. I'll go 121. 21. Just flat? Yeah. Like those double zeros at the end. Did work. Um, right. I think I've got this weird premonition. More, a bit uh, prescient. Mystical. Okay. Some, might, some might say. Got this feeling that we're going to start the show with. Boom, let's go with that. Uh, flash of light. Mm-hmm. And then it's Wednesday night. You know what that means? <laughs> Wild thing. Dun, 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 dun. I love, I love, yeah, I love that. I love that when Dynamite start like that. Used to, oh, used to, yeah, used to. So I think that will head. I think it'll open. Copeland Garcia's got the big heads on that collage. Okay, right. So that would indicate that they're headlining. Um, trying to indicate that the twist might actually happen. Mm-hmm. We shall see. So we're one twenty-four, <laughs> <laughs> three minutes apart. One, actually, at one twenty-five, twenty-five. I know you've got in your notes what we're going to do next. Can we stick with the women's division? Because I oh, have hang a, on. I've got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Because I have a take on uh, Toneless Timey Storm. Okay. Uh, wet Ink. I think she's going to cover a tattoo. I think this is what everyone thinks. Oh, okay. Is it not just mine? No, I, th- I think that. You think that. I've seen R- people say. Red X going through the tattoo or something. They've both been doing um, well, an- ankle stuff in the matches. And... It's just like thought, isn't it? This is yeah. A, this is a dub. And the idea of, say, for example, like I don't know, I can't remember exactly what boots Tony Storm wears in this character, but the idea, so it's probably works better with Storm doing it to Brazzo, that she grabs on this ankle lock that's been quite effective for her lately, and then the boot loosens or something, and she sees the tattoo, and it's this moment of like... Or it's got this, the bandage on. Yeah. Diana Prazzo has been trying to... Uh, like, trying to understand who Tony Storm is because she's not the person she knew once upon a time and Tony Storm is kind of in denial because she's gone down this entirely different route. That could play into the match. So Tony Storm covering it up in this new film. Timey Storm. Timey Storm, excuse me, yeah. Where am Tony's I? Tony's Timey Storm. Tony's Timey Storm covering it up in this segment or in this mini-movie is like an add-on to what's been a pretty great story and I would much rather think that than just think, oh, we're going to do some Tony Storm banter that like people kind of hated. <laughs> When it isn't when it isn't attached to a story, seems to me that a lot of people really dislike this Tony Storm character. When they're actually trying to think about how it figures into the matches yes. and reality, still good. It's per, absolutely perfect. I'm back on a I'm back on Thomas Timey. Yeah. So uh, it's time to play the game. Time to play time the to play game. game. What's the new Tony tattoo? Oh, um, so like other than it just getting struck through, she get a cover up. She get a cover up. Yeah, because you can get like a tattoo yeah. and then change the design. A um, your life changes. A film reel, like an old fashioned camera, ah. over the top. Because she's a film star, and because I can't think of anything funny, it's a bit, a bit basic. Yeah. Correct. You got one for this yet? Well, Tony Storm, a shoe, the shoe, a shoe, and like, like a shoe means Diana Prazzo goes for the ankle lock, and then she sees the tattoo. And is like what? Tony wins, and it's like I told you, I watched for the shoe. Oh my god, that's good. Yeah, I got it back. You got it back. Ah, oh, that makes oh, that should be it. Everything I'm going to say is redundant. <laughs> I'm just going to turn the airwaves blue because she's very dirty. Right. The Tony Please Storm be careful because I can't clip these swears on this. No, one. I'm not going to swear, but she said, you know, that she was booked in for a new room massage. Yes. Someone told me it was dirty. And she also said that when she was in New, Le- uh, new Orleans, that, you know, she was greeted and she was given a pair of beads, but they weren't for a neck. Ah. And yeah. we determined through some debate mm. that they were. Anal beads. Yes. And she's brought up her bum hole in other promos since as well. And she herself has said out loud that she's very sexual. Yep. In fact, one of the things I don't like about the Tony Storm character is the non-sensual kissing that she sometimes attempts in her matches and stuff like that. Mm. But the idea is she's a saucy old Hollywood dame. Um, <laughs> much like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'll tell you after. So I think it could be filth. Filth, yeah. Just some 
Just boobs. Big old pair of boobs. But like Tony Storm was like, you know, the pens that your dad used to have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where they're in a bikini, and then you tip it upside down. Where's a bikini gone? That kind of aesthetic of a self. End of the pier grot. Yes, end yes. of the pier grot. There so I go. think there'll be a sort of an end of the pier grot depiction of herself. Mm-hmm. Very sexually aggressive. Very sensual. Very, very possible. Speaking uh, of aggressive and sensual, Hangman Page, right? Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> hear back? from, we hear from Samoa Joe, Hangman Page, and Swerve Strickland. They are not going to do three separate. They're not going to do three separate live segments. They are not framing it as a sit down. They um probably uh, they could just do backstage things for t- a minute each. Yeah, individual ones. I would like Hangman Page. I or they could basically be telling you, we're doing a promo train, except we're telling you that it's going to get interrupted. That's not an interruption. Yeah. But it's how we advertise it anyway, so it's kind of happening. I think one of the most um, effective people in Hangman Page's life on television in the last couple of years has been Rene Paquette. They've got yeah. fantastic chemistry when they're on screen. You know what together. I was thinking the other day? Sorry to step on your dick. <laughs> For her sake, I hope AEW has this new artistic boom period. She has been so great mm. in her role that I think it would be nice if she's just part of AEW at its best. Yeah. Because the timing hasn't really worked out. I mean, she's been great. Mm-hmm. Like, really underrated. Low-key fantastic for reasons you're about to get into. I just think for her benefit, I want AEW to be magic again. Yeah. Imagine her being at the helm of one of those all-timer promos that we rewatch, rather than her kind of carrying some bad backstage bits. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is it. With, so with Paige, obviously it was particularly helpful when, you know, he was fighting John Moxley because he could drop in little hints and she'd deliver a certain look where she's been forced to think about something awful happening to her husband. Without this is awkward. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was always great. Made it feel real. Well, and I think that was really helpful for Hangman's character because it was back at the time when he was still going through something. Now, pleasingly, I think he's kind of stayed away from that. He's still going through something, but this a turn, is different. A toy. It's a toy. Yeah, maybe a toy. And she will be the best at reacting to Paige saying something that continues to show his hand that maybe he's going down a bit of a darker path. She could earnestly ask him, why didn't you give Swerve five more minutes? Like, you must know you can beat him or something like that. She'll be able to deliver that in a way where Paige, when he hears it from her mouth, will... Unassuming. Yeah. When he hears it from her mouth, will start to think, oh, yeah, why? how can I spin this? How can I not reveal that Swerve has kind of sent me a bit mad and I've become obsessed and a little bit insecure. Yeah. And I just think that could be great for him. Joe, I think Joe's the trickiest one here because we Swerve's, Swerve's route one. I win, I win, I win. It's my time. I'm winning the belt. And this dumbass cowboy can't beat me. So I've, I've like, obviously I know I'm in for a fight, but I know I can beat him. And I'm so confident that I can take you, Joe, as well. So he's the easiest one, I think. Hangman's character feels like he's going to benefit the most from the story. I, I think it's a, Bit of a disaster if he wins the belt, honestly. I think what they're doing with this character, I don't think it can win the title. Joe, like, played it pretty cocky, didn't he? He was more than happy to have the, trip, the three-way. Yeah, he's masking it, though. Yeah, he's doing that heel champion thing where it's like, I've got it, it's fine. But nobody would, you'd rather have one challenger than two. So I don't quite know how Joe, what, like, what you do with him. Because the story's set, so I'm interested in what people do in it now. It's, yeah, it's, I feel like Swerve has to win. And at the moment, I can't shake that, so I wouldn't mind being given other options of a winner here. Yeah. Now I'm with you. I just, the match is set. They've told a pretty good story. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the stuff between Paige and Swerve with the way in which, you, the ways in which they have won and haven't won is at the core of this, and it's just orbiting Joe, if you yeah. like. Um, I know they've touched on why Paige and Joe would have tension between themselves, but it was all rooted in the devil stuff and accusations and best left that behind. Mm. So I would like reasons to invest in each dynamic within the three-way as opposed to just Swerve and um, Hangman. So that's what I would like to see tonight, and I think that's what they should and will do. Joe, I wouldn't be opposed, by the way. Having said all that, I wouldn't be opposed to this all kicking off with... Tony Schiavone stood in the ring, if not Renee, stood in the ring saying all three have agreed to speak tonight now that the match is official and then there's going to be no violence. Yeah. And let's try a three-way in-ring promo because I don't mind them. Yeah. Like Dynamite could do with more of them, I would say as well. Yeah. It's like the people wanted it when it was first starting. as like the nitro feeling. 
of having a wrestler just like cut a promo down the lens in the ring. Tony or Renee, they've got two gifted broadcasters yeah. for that exact job. So I don't mind that. Because it's title fight stuff, isn't it? The match, as you say, the match is made. Yeah. You can just do that. Absolutely. Um, so Hamflood said he was at a seven excitement wise. I would be, but I think my love of the young bucks is jumping me up to an eight. <laughs> Let us know what your level is at. Um, on X at what culture WWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at M Sidgwick. Again, you can follow us all at what culture WWE. Don't forget to subscribe um, to uh, what culture wrestling on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or YouTube, mm. wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, coming up later today, we have a review of NXT, and we'll be back tomorrow to review uh, this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. So do join us for that, and we thank you very much for joining us for this. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.